Welcome to Across the Rail Podcast. Methodist lay people who have finally gotten their schedules together to podcast again, dishing hot takes on current events, church stuff, and cultural issues. Our episode today discusses disaffiliation, asks hard questions for those churches after disaffiliation, and what the latest election of bishop pretend for the United Methodist Church. Warning, we are not the terminally polite Wesleyans of old, but we call it like it is, from the pulpit to the pews, across the rail. Our episode today is entitled, Diverse Discussions on Disaffiliation and the Latest Election of Bishops. So we're all here, the gang's all here, to discuss the ramifications of the disaffiliation for United Methodist Churches. And we also ask hard questions for congregations post-disaffiliation. So how do we read the tea leaves on this latest round of elections for bishops in the various jurisdictions? But before we open this huge 55-gallon drum of pretentious prognostication, who's here? Jody's here. Ryan. And John. And Greg. So, y'all, our august panel, have you been surprised by the amount of disaffiliations here in the United States? Well, I, I, I would say yes. Uh, to that, I, I am surprised that uh, uh, more churches have uh, agreed to stay as liberal as they uh, they chose to be, and and I was wondering uh, about that. As a, uh, I was just wondering, is 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 that mostly in in more liberal states that you find the uh, UMC leaning towards that direction, or? Like going in the South, the more uh, conservative states like you know Tennessee, Alabama, and Florida uh, are, are are the majority of the churches swinging to the right as far as conservatives. Um, there is a healthy mix. However, yes, that is the case. Ten- that tends to be the case anyway. That- so, so would you say that mirrors <clears throat> what our political scheme is right now? I don't know about all that. I. I- I just know that there are there are a plethora of churches that have filed for disaffiliation, uh, and especially I can't speak for other areas other than what I've read, but uh, Texas seems to be leading the charge on a lot of things. Um, so They've got two provisional uh, conferences annual conferences yeah. thus far, so and uh, looking to do a third in West Texas. I think what it shows is just the it, it makes you really aware of the frustration level that has existed for a very long oh, time. Oh, I, I, I think that level's been, uh, that frustration level's been around for quite a while. Oh, we've just, we've just hurry up and wait and wait and wait on there. And that just, that just adds to the, uh, the, the issues that we have. What, what I, you, oh, I'm sorry. No, you're good. What I've been surprised about, and, and I, this shouldn't really come as a surprise in any way, but how <clears throat> varying it has been from conference to conference, from district to district, how things are being handled. Um, it just goes to show you the deeper level of dysfunction within the UMC that they, there can't be one set way of doing things. Each conference has made things, some have made things more difficult, some have made things a little bit more uh, Christ-like, others have just been lit. So it's it's just shows the greater level of dysfunction. How much how much of that? Do how you... can we even be united when we can't even have a united policy? I mean, the Council of Bishops says okay, twenty five fifty three, and the, the bishop in South Carolina said nope, we're not having any disaffiliations. I mean, who who died and made him king? Yep. 
Well, I and that goes back to the underlying question: How much of it is is financially based on there? Because you you you, you got to know that some some pastors that are 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 in a liberal state, let's let's say, you know, they don't want to give up that that retirement. They don't want to give up the money that uh, comes with uh, hosting a big church. Well, that's in conservative states as well. So yeah. don't think for one second that is isolated to liberal states. Well, <clears throat> I, I I would agree with that. I'm just just, just using that as a mm -hmm. as a as a measuring stick on there. You know, even in the state that we're in, we have a a mix on there. And I just am shocked uh, knowing those pastors from before and thinking they were somewhat conservative, <clears throat> and them not choosing to go uh, uh, conservative. And the only only answer I can come up with it is it's financially based because they don't want to jeopardize their retirement rather than do what's right. Well, John, part of the problem is you got to go back a little bit farther than that. Most of those pastors that you're referring to are seminary educated, mm -hmm. so the problem really started in the seminary. Oh, I agree with you. That's the same way when just regular colleges and universities on there. You know, I I sit here and I listen to our discussions on the Book of Discipline, and you know, I, I, personally, I chuckle. Because to me, that's a joke. Because the Bible should be your book of discipline. You know, that that's no different than what we had 2,000 years ago. You know, we had Pharisees and Sadducees. Everybody setting up all their rules, but they couldn't even keep the very basic ones that are in the Holy Scripture. Amen. I would agree with that. I would agree well, with that. Well, Jody, since you, I, I have a lukewarm take on the original question, but I'll I'll take my time to no, ask hear that. Jody. The shark uh, is yeah. circling. Yeah, I, I so if, if we don't have, I mean, as, as Wesleyans, we are not Episcopalians, we're yeah. not Pentecostals, although Wesleyanism has always been friendly to the charismata and the gifts of the Spirit, so we're not that far away from them. We're kissing cousins. You we're kissing be. cousins, right. But as Wesleyans, I mean, there are certain ways we look at the Scriptures that are differing from our Reformed brothers. Absolutely. And, and you know, the Peace Churches, the Mennonites, the Anabaptists, and all that stuff. So you're, you're going to have to have some type of uniting doctrinal statement. So, I mean, when you get to this, when you get to the Bible, I mean, if you I mean, I don't know how many Protestant denominations there are, but we have the Bible, and now we've got 70, 80 different Protestant denominations, maybe 100, I don't know. But I, I think we have to have something that is written because the ink and paper is a beautiful thing because hundreds of years later, the ink and paper still say the same thing. Write out the vision and make it plain. Right. So what it, outside of a book of discipline, what would we have as Bible-believing Wesleyans to adhere to? Well, I mean, Greg, I get where you're coming from, but let me ask you, what good has your book of discipline got you thus far from 1969 until now? We don't have a book of discipline problem. We have a book of discipline adherence. Enforcement. That's the problem. People we have a biblical adherence problem. Well, that's true, too. That comes with it. And what is the book of discipline based on? Bible. Because you look at all in the book of the discipline, book of book of discipline, it's all got scripture proof. If you look at the catechesis of the new GMC, every stand has a has multiple Scriptures scriptural it, right. bases. It does. Greg, let me kick the can down the road just a little bit and ask you a question. Acts. Okay. So <laughs> moving forward, if uh, we depart from the United. And we rather... Which is an Orwellian term in yeah. the greatest sense of the yeah. word. 
But we reunite under a new mission statement, if you will. Uh, is there going to be any kind of a uh, criteria as far as the seminary indoctrination of your future pastors are uh, pretty much, is that going to be pretty pretty loose? Because I'm telling you right now, that's where the battle has been lost. Is what well, they're I, thank allowing. you for saying it's yeah. lost because yeah. it's been lost a, yeah. a while ago. Well, I, I, I would believe that if, if you are, if, if we're going to go through with the split and uh, certain, certain uh, uh, educational units. Let's don't say split. Let's say disaffiliation. disaffiliation. That sounds so much it's more polite. More friendly. Well, we're well, not. Let's call it an ugly divorce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, minus, uh, minus lampshade throwing. And I, lamp, I, yeah, I want my rib back. Uh, I, I think there would have to be some, some kind of outline going forward to bring new pastors into the conservative wing on there, you know, uh, back to the basics, so to speak. On there. Interesting enough, John, one of the, uh, postulations from, from the, the, the wizards of smart in the, in the GMC, and I, I, I use that term, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of making fun of them, but I, I agree with this. There has to be. Bishop, almost like, I don't know if you're familiar with the Catholic Church, they have a cathedral, that's mm -hmm. where the learning comes in, and a resident bishop is, is over the cathedral, and, and basically, you know, he's almost like a Samuel with the sword, remember what he did to Agag when he found him? Mm -hmm. I mean, Samuel saw the problem, executed the remedy to the problem very quickly, and that's where I am in awe of my Reformed and Baptist, or mostly my Southern Baptist uh, uh, fellow Christians, is their absolute, they're, 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 they are, if anything, they are so hardcore to preserve the, their, their control over the seminaries, because if you lose control over your seminaries, you've lost. You, you, you're done. Well, and, 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 and one of the things they're going to do in this new GMC is they're going to, okay, who are the seminaries we trust? And are we going to have perhaps a, a third way of doing it where a young man just starts, is, is under another pastor, and it's almost like apprenticeships. Right. It's almost like where the, the young pastor would go to the cathedral or go to the bishop and be a, a, appointed Okay, an so, apprentice so, and learn it that way. So, so, so here, here's my question for that. And because I think local pastors do a whale of a job, and, and I would oh, in the UMC right now, I would probably trust a locally licensed pastor over multiple there. times over a seminary education. Uh, I appreciate uh, that, Greg. All right, <laughs> you know you what's, what's Don't forget me at Christmas. Okay? I, I would agree with Greg on that. Yep. What's what's, <clears throat> what's going to stop? And 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 we see. And this, I'm not anti-education either. Go uh, ahead. John. I, I understand, but what 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 can we do to protect our our uh, higher education uh, from uh, from people that 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 want to uh, infiltrate it and then start demanding, hey, you're 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 doing this, you're doing that, you know, you're you're discriminating against me. Kind of like you, you you see the, the you, you see like the gay communities going after these bakeries. Well, we thank thank goodness for whatever Supreme Court we have right now, but that that issue has been settled. Uh, now, two recent Supreme Court decisions, you are allowed as a church, as a denomination, because our First Amendment, thank you, Jesus, it was passed, mm -hmm. you can believe what you want to believe as long as you're not, like, killing people and, and, and you know, diddling young people. I mean, as long as you're not 
doing heinous crimes, you have the right to believe in your seminary and your church and to teach and preach what you believe is correct. So what now we need is we need people in the seminaries that can bring charges against people and 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 the the seminarians when they become pastors when they become ordained i think they ought to have to sign an agreement saying this is what i believe That's, and the day that i don't or I, I i violate this or some i say in the pulpit something really dumb and, 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 i'm going to come up on charges and, and, and know that that will be swift well, and hold, sure hold on a second. that's kind of known as a covenant well, isn't hold on a second. It is a covenant. In, in, in a legal setting on there you know that that uh, agreement that you sign right there is only separation of church and state then you can preach anything you want you just won't be a preaching as a global methodist church right but here's the thing i mean when you are ordained or when you are you know become a pastor or an elder or whatever the case may be you take that oath absolutely you are voted in under the That's basis right. that you have taken well, you not only that you will man, you do it to God. Right. the word of God. So That's it right. does go back to accountability. It's accountability. And if I, and if I was ordained and, I, and they hear me, either record me or hear me saying stupid stuff, like I don't believe in the virgin birth or this or that or whatever, then charges ought to be brought against me. Amen. I have a trial. And you know what? If it's true what I said, and I do not we, recant or repent, we just got to make what I lose my. I, I'm still ordained, and we, I could be a we, pastor. Or we just else, have to make sure that it doesn't turn into another witch hunt. You know what I mean? Yeah, it can't well, become the Wild you know, West. I'm, I'm going to tell you, you're going to have to. What you're going to have to do is, and it's going to be unfortunate, it because there's human involved. That's right. And we're going to run into this yep. probably sooner rather than later in the new denomination. And what happens? As we let that go, or do we really drop the ton of bricks and say, okay, here's where, and, and, and make some examples, I think that would set us on the right path. That's versus, where there's going to be a gray area. That's where it's going to get fuzzy. Yep. Because well, interpretation. But if you don't do something right, you're going to have you're going to be right where we're at right in now. The system. You're going to be right where we're at right now. You're exactly right. So, okay, well, let's go ahead. You had one comment. And I'll let no, you I was going to say that, you know, um, I, I do think that accountability is 100% important. We should have had that all along. We can't make it like the Wild West where everybody's <laughs> just going after everybody for nothing. However, we if we lose accountability from the get-go, we're right back where we started. I agree. My my lukewarm take is is rather than 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 geographical north versus south or more conservative areas in the country, mine has been I've been amazed by the amount of disaffiliation small versus large churches. Yes, I, yes. I, I mean almost every church under two hundred is, is getting buttholes and elbows getting out of the oh, UMC. I, I, it is far superior local pastors yes. led churches versus yes. elder led churches. And, and what That's that shows size. you is the confidence. <clears throat> And 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 where where righteousness is is intimacy. Held. That's right. Fealty uh, to uh, that. Uh, uh, Next question: Has there been any other surprising things you've noticed in the disaffiliation wave thus far, other than big to small churches, uh, north to south, or east to west? Just the disparity between conferences. That that's been my biggest thing. I mean, it's just it's amazing. It is amazing. It's amazing. It shouldn't come as a surprise. It's right there in but black and white yeah. what the Council of Bishops decided. Here's the one path you have. Yep. And and all the bishops are saying, yeah, but my path is this plus this or minus that yeah. or added it. There is no united, hmm. consistent 
path for disaffiliation, mm -hmm. which exposes the UMC for the fraud of th that it is. It can't right. even in its last phase obey what the Book of Discipline says. All right, go ahead. Amen. That's well said. I agree with that. That's wow. Did I clear that? You did. You cleaned well, it. Whatever. Wow. Well, that's that's the first time we all four yeah. agreed on something on there. Well, let me ask you another Second. question. <laughs> so let's say that our church or churches, let's say that we decide to disaffiliate. But if your church hasn't had new conversions or is aging or is in a steady decline, or if you've had few, if any, visitors, how will changing the name on the sign and your new affi affiliation, how will that reverse that trend? In and of itself, it will not. That's right. So Just changing what? the name on the sign will not change anything. Do I think we might get some visitors in? Possibly. Uh, refugees from yeah, some of the larger churches. There is nothing. Curios. You know, it's hard to go to a new church. Sheep napping. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. It's hard going to a new church, number one. Nobody wants to come to a new church when this church is going through a bunch of crap. Like right. we've been going through, right? Yeah. That's not very appealing for the outsider. So we'll change the name, eh, possibly. But the the biggest thing is is the gospel of Jesus Christ being preached in that church. Okay, all right, all right. So so how is the ordinary uh, uh, Jane and John Doe uh, going to know that? It's going to come down to marketing and advertising. It's come and down letting, to evangelism. Letting that's exactly right. Letting people know. Where we are, what we stand for, and going forward, there this you is, go. This is, it, it, and you're going to have to get out in the public side to let them know that. Okay, so do we have like, what do y'all think about the virgin birth? Yay! What do y'all think about Jesus resurrected physically from the dead? Yay! Sample. How's that going to transform <laughs> lives? What 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 is the plan? Only the because you have to have only the Holy Spirit transforms lives. There you go. But you have to have. How does that manifest itself? So, the, so let God be God. <laughs> I, I okay. can tell you, it, it's not going to come. Just like okay, just like with our country, and I'm going to veer on the political wagon for two seconds, oh, and I'm veering back off. Oh, open door. I it's, love it when preachers get political. It's just oh, like yeah. our country. Okay, <laughs> no policies, no law, no, none of this crap's going to change what we have going on in this country. It is going to be an act of God. It's right. going to be the people bowing to their knees, repenting, and Getting right. Well, we all know Jesus that, Christ. but so the other. So, how do you, as a leader of a church, move people we to made, that transformation we, experience? Okay, it has to come from actually making disciples for Jesus Christ. And how do we do that? We make it by preaching the word, That's by one. getting into small groups, to so getting into evangelizing in those small groups so where we can grow and disciple one another, grow together, let the Holy Spirit work, mm -hmm. and then send them out to. Yeah. Tell the world about that's, the, that's the that's the key right there. You got to send them out into the world on there, but you got to prepare them on there. Right. And the way that yeah. you prepare them is, you guys make sure you're actual of one mind, one one and direction. You can't get that one hour a week. You no, have you know. to get it that more. In, in like this, where we iron sharpens iron, right. and we say, okay, this is how I believe. This is how the scripture applies to me. Yeah. Well, Greg, maybe not. Maybe you know. Have you been doing? I mean, we have to have accountable, right. small group discipleship, or this thing is going to be UMC mm -hmm. 2.0. Right. And, and that's right. the hard thing to do. Go ahead. So here's a question: in blow a hole. In in my, the, uh, well, no, no, no. No, go ahead. In the present, uh, how's that working out with your local church now? It's not. Okay, that's exactly right. But that's going to have to, it's going to have to be 
emphasized, okay. and it's going to have to be leader-led, lay and leader-led, meaning you can't be a leader unless, unless, you're unless you're involved in a small group, accountable discipleship program. And if that hurts some feelings, if that happens to slaughter some sacred cows, if we have to go from 200 to 150, you, you've got, it's, it's almost a Gideon-like moment where you it have is. to get down I to, the that's core a good way to put of it. the core of the core to show, A, this is a God thing, and B, God can bless you for his obedience and, 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 and for fealty and our, our, our dependence on him. And, and yeah, and once we start to become catechized, because most Wesleyans mm -hmm. don't understand why we are Wesleyans, what Methodism even means, once we act and do that, then we have to, like you said, John, we have to take it outside the church. Mm -hmm. We have to engage the public because there are so many people, that are so lost. many of the young people desire to be in a relationship. They're lonely. They're blowing their yes. brains out. Yes. They're overdosing because they don't have any friends. Yep. And we've got that in spades. Yep. We just have to publicly proclaim it. Yes. And I think that's Amen. it right there. We, 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 we have to be in the public. We have to we have to be out in front on there, and, and like I said earlier, and we have to live it, John. Yeah. I, I yeah. can't no, sit no, there and it. preach it, and and then you know, you know, I'm I'm I'm. Don't you realize you, you have to be, you know, the 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 walk has to match the talk. The people walk of the people. The yeah. people observe very well. Yeah. Yes, yeah. the talk means nothing. What do you think that they're thinking outside the church, looking in at this mess? That's why I say it's not appealing. No, it's not. Mm -mm. Why do you want to be a part of that? You know, it's, it's, it's got, it's like a wound. It's like after surgery. I had surgery recently. It takes a long time. Yeah. You might look good on the outside, but your innards are still healing up. And that's that catechesis. That's that small group. That's that letting iron sharpen iron and getting ready to go and, and be the church that God called. Cause God can, if God can take two dudes at Oxford and make a movement. Yeah. Okay. He so, can do it again. So, so, so here, here's, here's my, my, my question for you. Say we have a church, 150, 200 people, and voted unanimous to, to disaffiliate mm -hmm. on there. Yet, those still 150 people are still not motivated to, uh, they're strictly, I don't want to do this woke stuff. I don't believe in that other stuff. Uh, you still got to, you still got to get those 150 people, like you said earlier, to, to uh, agree to have and live and be uh, Christ-like on there. How are you going to get those those existing members? To, you know, I'll, be, I'll just be honest with you. You know, uh, uh, Sunday mornings I, I go to church on there. I I, I make sure that the uh, soundboard's up, the computer's up, everything's running on there. You know how many times I've been asked to go to a Sunday school class in the last two months? One time, right? And that was you, Greg, on there. But take away that. How many other times? Are, are we going to these members going, hey, we missed you in Sunday school class. We missed you in our small group. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. I would really love to see you there. My view on that is if the Holy Spirit's moving inside of somebody, you ought not have to ask them. They ought to just go. I, I, I understand that. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. <laughs> and that's sometimes that's sometimes that Holy Spirit is sitting there going, you know, just getting I need a nudge, and, and they're fighting. And sometimes uh, the Holy Spirit needs a little help from uh, the human yeah. spirit to do a little pushing back on there, too. Here, here's also the thing. We, 
we've got to get past just lectures. In, in I agree. Worship yeah. has to be participatory. I agree. And worship, worship is in, involved a lot of things. Like at one time, a year ago or a year and a half ago, we had a healing service. I think that needs to be more common. I agree. People have needs. People have issues in their life. They're sick. They're 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 broken relationships. And I think we need to have more than just a Sunday service. Maybe we have a Wednesday night healing service once a month. Then also we need to have calls for prayer. Yeah. When's the last time our whole church has said, you know what? We're going to have sing some songs, and we're going to pray around the altar we, we, or whatever. We just, we just started uh, back uh, doing a meet and greet uh, like like we well, used to do a long maybe, time ago. Shaking hands. And we and start with 30 our, minutes, and we're yeah. going to have prayer. And if you can't pray for 30 minutes, you can pray for 15 and walk out the door. But we're going to do something uh, until I agree we touch God. I agree with that. And that's how it starts. We have to refine ourselves. Yep. Yep. Through well, the Holy Spirit's work, okay, we can't refine ourselves, but I'm I'm saying we have to humble ourselves absolutely. to be changed and to be transformed. And if and if it's UMC 2.0 and we go once a week, people can still do that, but but they're not going to lead the charge. Right? They're 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 missing out. And speaking of leading the charge, what's that, Greg? Did you know that Innovative Tooling Services has fastening system installation tooling knowledge and application experience. In fact, ever since we have been purchased by another larger company, we have more disposable uh, uh, income to invest in inventory, uh, invest in systems, uh, invest in else. tool repair. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's kind of like uh, you know Christmas has come early, uh, and 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 the good thing is. The, the, the larger parent company that has uh, purchased us has allowed us to continue to do the things we do well and then allow us resources to, you know, well, not having to pay Peter, you know, Rob Peter to pay Paul, as small companies tend to do. I'm just telling but you now, this. I'm really glad that those fasteners work as well as they do when we're out and well. about. <laughs> they do, and, and it makes sense because you've got a fastener company. I mean, before you can put a fastener in, you have to drill a hole, countersink a hole, and then you have to install it with a tool. That's exactly right. So it's a hand-in-hand, -hand, beautiful relationship. It is a, Almost like a what church ought to be, a marriage between the Holy Spirit and the body of Christ. I mean, it's uh, there you go. Amen. All kinds of uh, allegories can be done. So anyway, uh, that's why we're on the leading edge of aerospace tooling. If you're interested, contact us. Innovative at 1-800-832-7009 or look them up on the World Wide Web at InnovativeTooling.com. And we'll be back. Okay, we're back. So, what should we, uh, what what should the the overall viewpoint be, and what would we glean from the results of this latest election, latest round, latest elections of bishops in the United Methodist Church? What 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 can we see? Is there a data point direction we're seeing, yes. and what do you discern from this? Uh, this election. I discern you better take advantage of 2553 while you can 
because once that door shuts, the likelihood of there being a pathway forward come 2024 is slim to possibly none. Okay, for our listeners that are unfamiliar with that, uh, 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 2553. Uh, right now you have a way out. Okay. That door closes in December of 2023. I was going to say, uh, explain explain what that is. Google, um, Book of Discipline, uh, United Methodist Church, 2550. 2550. Basically, the Cliff Notes version is you, you, you have to have a period of discernment. You vote as a congregation. Your, your CLC, your, your church committee votes to start it. Then you have a period of discernment. Then you have an actual church vote. And if you are greater than 66% wanting to disaffiliate, then you have to write a big check to the UMC mm-hmm. over a very... Well, but you get th- to keep your stuff. But you get to keep your stuff, and that's how you disaffiliate. But like Ryan said, that door So it all closes. boils down to money, huh? That, well, that and, I mean... Money and money. Now, now, one part I don't disagree with. I mean, I, that we ought to pay whatever to pay our pensions, our, our apportionments. We should pay that. That is right and just for us to do. But these very arbitrary hurdles that have been thrown in our path by bishops and trustee boards in the annual conferences, mm-hmm. um, that, 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 is a, that is an issue. Yep. So... Yeah, it's not looking good. Uh, very, very, very uh, unhappy with the bishop selections, but that, that is what it is. Well, there is not, I, I was reading, there was not one one bishop that was elected that has a traditional Christian view of marriage. Right. Mm. Not one. So what you're saying is the bishops that were elected do not have a high view of Scripture? They So you can pertain from that that they don't have a high view of Scripture, that cultural accommodation is big, and that, that's where they foresee growth. And, and it's, 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 I hate to say it, but it's, it's that whole weaponization of love. Uh, meaning that that love you got to love people you can't condemn people and then you have people that i that used to be pretty orthodox and and uh, famous southern baptist or famous uh uh pastor of a non-denominational church although it theologically it's pretty much stealth southern baptist andy stanley talking oh, about gosh. talking about um um Talk, talking about where, where where we cannot expect the rest of the world to abide by what we know is right and just, and I understand his point on there, but the world works better. God does, God has ordained God has ordained for us to do what is right, and when we do that societally, we are better for it, whether we sign on to the Christian ethos or not. That is a proven way for us to live better as a society. And when we reject, when we start to go away from the traditional Judeo-Christian understanding of how societal relationships ought to be and ought to be built, I vociferously disagree. And when he, when, when, when Mr. Stanley says we have to apologize oh, to the non-believers for, for putting that stuff on them, the gospel is first... 
not wanted. No. It, you have to get the bad news first to understand the good news that there is a Savior. You can repent, and you don't have to go that route. You Amen. don't have to fall all the way to destruction. Go ahead. Amen. I, I was going to say, yeah, for him to offer an apology on behalf of Christians, Christians everywhere. That is the peak of arrogance uh, and, and just absolutely that just that rubbed me the wrong way i am I so so that. frustrated with with uh, the perversion of love well I, i'm just it is the pervert it is the ultimate we've taken love completely out of agape and and now love is Apologetic. assimilating with the culture, no. meaning whatever goes, goes, as long as I love you and treat you kind. That's the terminal politeness. You know, in the old days, Methodists used to call sin, sin. And they used to preach fire and brimstone messages. Not that we have to beat people up in the head, but our first responsibility is to tell the truth of the gospel. Well, and, we are sinners, and, and, we are and, lost, and, and we need a and, Savior. And that's, that's exactly what's happened on there. We, 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 we molded ourselves to culture rather than truth. And we love people, and I want every sinner in every county to be in a, a, be in a, a, a Wesleyan church to, to hear the good news of Scripture. But well, you gotta call you gotta call balls and strikes when it comes to the word. I, you I, cannot I, I, put your finger on the apostle uh, Paul said that it is offensive. Yes. And so you cannot make it non-offensive well, initially, and, and that's and that's the problem. We we are a society of offended. You yeah. know, if you don't believe like me, you're you're a bigot. You're a racist. You're this. You're that because I'm different, and so and that's what we've become. You see that in in today's society throughout. You know. So let me ask you a question, Jody. If you're if you're a member, if you're a, 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 a in a leadership position in a United Methodist Church somewhere, um, do you have any hope for fair treatment? If you're a theological conservative, do you have any hope uh, if you decide to remain in the United Methodist Absolutely Church? Absolutely not. Why? Because the two don't reconcile. If yeah. I've got gay homosexual bishops, that is an affront. To what the scripture one. teaches, and right. that's your high called leadership, then how can I expect them to adhere to what scripture says? No, I actually I have to that, leave, Greg. That, that, that really goes back to what I, I what, what I had asked before, you know. Do you think this is a a a, a skillful ploy to uh, infiltrate the church, to destroy it? Uh, uh, from day one, yes. I, I I I keep going back to that because that's that's how I feel right there. If you've got a bishop or if you've got a pastor that isn't teaching what the book says and they're contradicting what the book says because of of popular opinion or culture on there, they're they're doing their congregation a massive disservice because they're leading them astray. Right. Well, brother, I hate to tell you. And, but the adversary comes to church every Sunday. And he sits right there on the front row. I, I agree. The adversary I, has found a, found a way to be part of leadership. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, well, you, you've got that throughout throughout our, our, our country on there, you know. It starts it with the board of directors, then yeah. it goes in, or uh, the school board. It goes goes into all these all these places on there. You know, you've got companies that are becoming political, i.e., you know, uh, down in Atlanta, the the Coca Cola company decided to be political when yeah. they took away the All Star Game because 
of the, the the voting laws on there. When 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 have companies become political? Churches need to be churches and and not political on there. We got to preach what's what's but politics the truth. are downstream of. The culture and morals, John. Exactly. So, you you know, the church has to be that anchor. It has to be that consistent magnetic north. It has to be that north star that doesn't move. Because if that moves, everything is in question. I agree. Everything spirals out of control. I agree with that. And and it reminds me of that old woodcut. And I may have sent it to you guys years ago when I first... Well, oh, there's the dog. There's my there's alarm system. <laughs> the hounds of hell. No, just kidding. Um, Jehovah Witness at the door. <laughs> that old woodcut that shows the devil dancing and skipping with the 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 pastor in his clerical outfit. Mm-hmm. If you remember seeing that, that's that's we're dancing with the devil. The mm-hmm. the leadership of the UMC has disregarded truth. Yeah, for popularity, and and, and 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 this may be just this is a, a Johnism right here. That's a that's a catchy phrase, a Johnism. I I think there's going to be a special place in hell for people that lead congregations. Well, Jesus straight. said that. John. John. He no, said it's just, it's bad enough you damn yourself, yeah. but woe be unto you if you take these little ones and yeah, a millstone ought to be right around yeah. your neck to yeah. lead these yeah. yourself and these little ones into destruction. So I mean, it's it's we're not trying to be ugly on a on a Saturday. But we're being truthful. We're we're trying to be truthful, and I I don't know how you can be a Jesus loving, Bible believing Christian, and 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 stay under the authority. My personal opinion of the United Methodist Church. I I, I think it's no longer one hundred percent agree with you. I one hundred percent agree with you. Wow. Well, there you go. Any other uh, comments, uh, nuggets of truth before we... Uh... It's, it's just frustrating. It really is frustrating. You know, Greg, when you, when you ask, you know, what, what the church, you know, should look like. Should look like Christ. Well, uh-huh. you know, we got, a, we got a building that is way underutilized. Okay. We're talking about building disciples. Discipleship can't be like we've said... You know, it, it, it's bad enough one time a month, one time a week, what have you. But at least five days out of the week, there should be things going on in the church. I've said that for years. And, and the uh, thing is, we have to treat it just like we would celebrate recovery or anything else. doesn't matter if just one person shows up. You know, you got to be faithful to the call. And consistent. And and consistent. Yep. And get the message out. And you've got so much laity. You've got some that would show up at 10 o'clock in the day if there was somebody there. You've got people that would show up. If you present the opportunity, the growth will come. Where's your leadership for these days going to come from, Joe? Well, because you, that goes back you to the, know like, the dependable people that, that would show that up. It goes back to the 80-20 to. rule on there. Well, here's Where the do thing. they come from? That's like They're going to come from that 80-20. Yep. But the thing is, you know, uh, hey, moving forward, are you going to put your money where your mouth is? Here's where I see connectionalism working. Out of, out of our particular local church, you have X amount of people that will be dependable to do what they need to do. Right, because we are connectional. Once we get past this disaffiliation stuff, and we know who's on the team, why can't we work with other churches in our district? Say, okay, 
You know, I need you, even though you're at this church, the goal is I'm, not I'm, to fill my pews or your pews, but, but to get Christians pews. in the kingdom. Yeah. Oh. So can we not have I can, Thursday Bible study at your church with staff for some people from another church, and I mean work where we can work it, and, I, and where I, there's I, somebody within a 10-mile radius you can meet and you can do the business of the kingdom. I think that's a great idea, and I think... I that's think got to happen, Going guys. forward, that's what you're going to see. You, that's got to, we got to be well, a team. The model of connectionalism uh, that the UMC sets forth, that the Methodists should have, generally stops at committees. Correct. We're connected with committees Correct. and things like that. But it stops with the working of the we church. Don't we don't worship together. We don't get that. together yeah. as as a connectional body of churches. I, I think that whoever is... our presiding elder is going to be, we ought to be able to get together, know people, and then you know that is a I huge tool. That that's a huge tool because then you multiply efforts. You're yeah. no yes. longer yes. like a single solitary community church. You can get together and do things with other churches, I and they can meet your shortcomings and and all for the kingdom growth. And, and 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 I think I think going forward, that's what you're going to see. You're going to see the smaller churches work with the medium to larger churches. We don't have I, to all gather and 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 we don't have to shut doors, but we can work together. I agree. I think that that has to happen, and that goes back to that marketing right there. You know, we got to be Clydesdales pulling on the same team. Yep. There you go. Yeah. As we end this podcast, you can find this episode and other Across the Rail podcast episodes on popular platforms like Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you listen on iTunes, please take time to give us that coveted five-star rating. Five. Five stars. Five stars. As we worship the bride and morning star. But I digress. If you have questions on this or any other episode, please send your comments or cheers and jeers to comments at acrosstherail.com. I hope that still works, John. It still does. Okay. Or look up Across the Rail podcast on the Twitters. Now that Elon has freed the Twitters. I can't believe that. By our handle at across underscore rail. And on Facebook at Across the Rail Podcast. Please give us a like there and leave us any feedback or questions. Thank you so much for listening. And our bonus question to end the podcast is when we all, if, if, if as we move forward into the new thing, into the new Global Methodist Church, if that's where we all vote and we all end up going, do we... Uh, do we get new handles or do we stay oh, with gosh. the old... That's just a, that's a question I had, and I just wanted to throw okay, it out for you. Uh, one or two word. Le- uh, two, uh, 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 I, I can answer that. Duct tape. <laughs> okay. uh, a, a dark blue, uh, a dark blue uh, uh, sharpie. Duck, that, will that uh, yeah, duct cover tape that out? Covered up blue and black electrical tape. I don't. Care. Ryan, what you got? What do you think? We ain't coming off our hymnals. <laughs> don't understand. Uh, I love my hymnals. I love liturgy. I don't mind. Things on the screen, but I sometimes like an embodied hymn book because yeah. it's got everything I need more. Hymn. And now with this new hymnal that's come out, this new Wesleyan hymnal that's come out from Seedbed, I'm really kind of motivated to see what's in it. A new hymnal, a new, and it's got new stuff. Our UMC hymnal is 30 plus years old. Yeah. Uh, it's older than that. No. Yeah. We, need, we need new blood, new, new stuff because Wesleyans are a singing people, we're a musical people, and we need to, to codify. Right. Our theology in our hymnity well, and in our songs. What you don't want to do is... Uh, 
I just continue don't, to support. I don't want to lean up against the breast of Jesus and feel his beating heart. As a man, that just sounds kind of weird to me. I just don't want to hear we need more cowbell. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> I'm not against. I'm not against new. Oh, I, I would say this: when the time comes, if you're no longer disaffiliated, you know, if nothing else, what what John said, duct tape over it. But we need to make sure people understand that uh, this is a new thing. It is a new thing, stem to stern, top to bottom. What is the cost of that new? Uh, no hammer? matter what, thirty-five dollars. I think it's thirty-five. We are the church of okay. Jesus. Christ. So everybody can buy one or one for your family. Well, you know, there you go. There you go. We Make, used to have to buy our own chairs and everything. So anyway, well, well, all right. Anybody else, uh, uh, preacher? Why don't you uh, pray us out, brother? I'll be happy to. Well, well, hold on. Before you yep. start that, we 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 have to be really thankful. Uh, we have some members that. Uh, have undergone a, a great ordeal, and uh, we really need to give thanks, especially this time of the season right here. And we have friends of this podcast that are that are uh, uh, recently suffering on there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just, just remember those people as well. Absolutely. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for this time together spent in fellowship and holy conversation, Lord. Father God, we just give you thanks today. We thank you for all the healings that you have done, all the miracles that are taking place, Lord. We thank you for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace, Lord. We ask that you be with those that are enduring hardship right now, Father. Put your hand on them. Give them your peace, Lord. And be with all those out there listening. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Bye.